Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi there, I'm Umanea and welcome to the Girl Chart Podcast. During the series, I'll be joined by some amazing guests and hearing all about their brand of brown girl magic. As well as sharing stories and discussions with the South Asian twist, we'll be getting stuck into the chart and the chat. I'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch on Instagram at Girl Chart. Hi there, welcome back. Today I'm joined by Sheetal Mystery and Shirin Shah, who are otherwise known as SAS, and the SAS stands for South Asian Sisters Speak. These sassy ladies teamed up to bring South Asian women together to share their experiences and last year launched a Brown Girls Book Club to celebrate the often overlooked and diverse work of South Asian female authors and put them in the spotlight. The book clubs are yet another way to share the experience of being South Asian and to create a space to share stories, which is very much what we do here at Girl Chart as well. So I felt Shirin and Sheeta would be the perfect guests to have on the show. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hi. You can talk now. <laughs> it's lovely to have you. Um, I'm just going to update the listeners and tell them where we are today and what we're eating, more importantly. Yes. You guys have schlepped it all the way over to my house and have been rewarded with dokla and jalebi yeah. and a Bombay mix, <laughs> which I didn't make any of it. <laughs> So um, enjoy. You can enjoy you even more. Admit that. You can enjoy you even it. more knowing that I didn't make it actually. <laughs> so, could you introduce yourselves and tell me a bit about your like background and where you're from, where your family's from? So I'm Sharon. Uh, my family is of Gujarati descent. So my grandparents moved to East Africa. So my mum is born in Kenya and my dad is born in Tanzania. Yeah, after that, my parents moved to the UK as teenagers mm-hmm. and then I was born here. So yeah, we're a nice weird little mix of Indian, a bit of East African and British. So I'm Sheetal. Um, I have a very similar family background in that my family's Gujarati mm-hmm. and my mum was born in Kenya. My dad was born in Tanzania. And then, but they came here a lot younger. So they grew up here and went oh, to okay. school here and stuff as well. And then, yeah, so uh, me and my siblings were born here. And I'm in that, yeah, first generation, second generation immigrant. Well, I'm also East African in my roots too. So yeah, it's kind of East African Asian club round here today. That's why we've got the Chavra and the Dokla and we're really getting (laughs) into it. So how did you both meet each other? We actually met through uh, a mutual friend. So we originally were like, writing our own blogs about what it meant, like what it meant or our experiences as mm-hmm. South Asian women in the UK. So Shirin wrote about her experiences using Tinder as a South Asian woman. I had just come back from India and I'd kind of written 
a comparison between how like women in my village back in India, mm-hmm. like my age were being treated and how maybe my life would have been completely different if I'd been so born there and how I'm how actually some of that's still very similar to the culture we've brought over and I'm still expected to do similar things mm-hmm. here. And so I wrote something about that. And then this mutual friend of ours sort of read both our blogs and was like, you guys are writing about really similar things that you should meet. And then we just kind of connected over Facebook and we met up and we're like, actually, there are so many like women of similar backgrounds to us who have ex- similar experiences. And but we aren't really talking about these things. We mm-hmm. talk about it in our friends groups, but not anything beyond that. And wouldn't it be cool to try and create a space where we can connect over these things and actually talk about that? So then what was the motivation? Like, when did you decide to take action and start SAS and then also start the book club? Pretty much from our first meeting. Yeah. So uh, we, well, we realized we lived down the road from each other, grew up down uh-huh. the road from each other. Um, and I think we both equally were kind of working with young people and doing active stuff in that sense. So we were kind of doers and we thought, well, let's do something. It took a little while to get off the ground. We didn't have any resources. It was just us and our time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were lucky to apply for some funding, which led us to run our first panel event mm-hmm. in London, which was in March 2017. And that was just all about getting a panel of diverse South Asian women discussing what it means to be a British South Asian woman in the UK and all the complexities that come with that. And we also did a similar event last year in Leicester, and in between, we were thinking about all the other things we wanted to do. We tried our hand at a podcast. We uh, dabbled. We've dabbled. Yeah. And I think the book club, we kept on coming back to it. We kept on saying that growing up, especially in the UK, in the national curriculum, there's no diversity. Like, you don't hear about stories from women of our background. Especially, I think we both found out about Sophia Dalip Singh. We went to see a play about her, um, who was obviously a British suffragette of Indian mm-hmm. origin. And... I think we felt really rid of our history and the fact that we never learnt about that. And so we want to take it upon ourselves to educate ourselves about what people from our background have done, Mm -hmm. especially women, and celebrate those things because the UK isn't going to give us that unless we do it ourselves. Wow. I mean, I so relate to the thing about school and not hearing those stories that you can relate to and kind of recognise yourself in as well in terms of books and and then the history books of stuff that we should be really proud of. So your first book club was last year. How did that go and what was the book? What was the book that you decided to talk about? Uh, The first book we did, we went with a classic because we we were really excited about it. We Mm -hmm. didn't have any idea what the kind of reception would be like. So we went with The God of Small Things by Arundhati Roy. We were just talking Um, about this before you came. Oh, really? Yeah. So good. Have to read it. She's a legend in her own right. Um, And that was her first novel. So we were like, well, we know loads of people have already read it so Mm -hmm. let's go with something that loads of people have heard of and it just took off on social media we hadn't we just did not anticipate the kind of reaction we were going to get at all we just got so many retweets and so many suggestions of other things you can read and people really excited and we kind of like had like a sellout tickets are free but like a sellout of tickets for the event and we were so psyched about it and then we were like actually this needs to be good now um yeah (laughs) no pressure well exactly but um conversation was amazing um had like a full house the book raises so many important issues about like family and connection and culture and all those different things and we were able to talk about those and you know people are opening up about their own experiences 
And we finished, I think, at nine, but we ended up staying to like 10, 10.30 because people just wanted to chat afterwards and get to know each other. And I think both of us at the end, we were just looking around like, oh my God, we actually, like, look what we did. We created the space, which is kind of what we wanted. And it just happened really organically. Oh, that sounds so exciting. And I wish I'd been there. It sounds brilliant. And actually just to start conversations and who knows how many people you connected like that day as well because so many people must have met each other for the first time and got chatting and so how often do you run the book clubs now so the book clubs every six weeks yeah we wanted to make it a nice medium where it gives people enough time we know everyone in London is super busy Mm -hmm. yeah it's worked out well at six weeks so um we do questions online Mm -hmm. as well because unfortunately we can't be everywhere I think we wish we could so we have a Facebook group online which has over 300 members for the Brown Girls Book Club. So there's people who are clearly really engaged, but we can't meet them. We only have 20, 25 spaces each time in London. So yeah, it gives us an opportunity to engage with people online as well as having our group of people who come every six weeks. And now it's got to the point where probably at least half of the people coming are regulars in some form. Um, (laughs) And then the other half are people who have just found out about us, which is amazing. It's amazing to have people who think it's good enough. They want to keep coming back. Yeah. And people who still keep finding out about us and want to come. I love like there's an online community as well to discuss the books. That's brilliant. Okay. So let's get stuck into our own mini Brown Girls Book Club. Yeah and discuss the first book. When I was planning today, I asked the ladies what book they would suggest for anybody who was getting into South Asian female authors or wanting to read about South Asian female experiences. And you told me what book? Erotic Stories for Punjabi Widows. <laughs> See, you said it, you said it, you said it. <laughs> Sorry, mum. Firstly, can you tell me a little bit about the author? So the author is actually Singaporean, which is, oh, really? which is quite interesting. That's cool. But she lived in the UK, I think, for a year in yeah. South Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's of Punjabi heritage, but um, Singaporean. And she lived in South Hall and obviously got to know the community mm-hmm. and the way that it is. Um, and I think it inspired her to write this, which is... I think when we read it, I was quite surprised to find out um, she grew up in Singapore because it really feels like quite an authentic account. It of, feels so authentic. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a really, you know, big Indian community in Singapore and I'm sure to a, to a large extent, some of their experiences are similar. Mm-hmm. So, And so why don't you explain to the listeners what it's about? Um, so, yeah, it's called Erotic Stories for Punjabi Widows. Um, it follows uh, the main character who is the youngest sibling of two she's got an older sister and she's kind of in that phase in life in her early 20s where she's not really sure what she wants to do um she kind of like has just recently moved out of home and that caused kind of tension between her and her Mm mum and her father passed away quite recently as well and so she's moved out she works in a pub she lives above the pub you know she hasn't really got you know a real career like trajectory or anything like that she's not really sure what she's doing and the book's kind of really about her sort of finding her way back to her culture mm-hmm. and her cultural heritage. And I think it starts off with, you know, it, the, her culture, her cultural background, you know, her family being Punjabi being the issue. Like, oh, you have these certain cultural expectations of me and you mm-hmm. want me to do this, that and the other. And I can't do them and I don't want to, which is why I'm going to move out and rebel and do my own thing. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of young women can relate to, that feeling of I, I can't meet all these expectations so I'm you know I'm just gonna gonna go go. yeah um, I'm gonna do my own thing and yeah so it's really a kind of common experience for women I think of our age and I think yes the story is about her kind of finding her way back to her community Mm -hmm. so she volunteers 
to teach. She thinks she's volunteering to yeah. teach English <laughs> at a community centre in um, in Southall, yeah. um, which kind of happens by accident because I think she wants to be a writer or a teacher. She does some kind of writing online, doesn't um, she? Yeah, so, yeah. So she's like, oh, this will help me in my career, and I'll you know prove to my mom I'm doing something in my community because it's in the um, in the good good yeah. in Southall, and then um, it just kind of accidentally turned into like a. Well, an erotic class, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the women it really does start. take a turn. Um, um. Yeah, <laughs> and um, so, <laughs> so, so on, on the side of that as well, it's also about kind of South Asian like female sexuality and yeah. kind of the the relationship between generations as well and how generations talk about sex, which I think you know a lot of women like the main character. She's like really open about it, but they they really struggle. So it's a it's a really interesting journey both for her, but also for the women in the book who. Um, who are Punjabi widows and like how they deal with the kind of stigmatization of their position in society. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So I have been reading this. I haven't got all the way through. Um, and I've had it on the tube with me today. And then like <laughs> getting some funny <laughs> She's reading erotic stories. <laughs> what I really liked was kind of the exploration of South Asian women and sexuality, because I just think we never really hear about it from the female point of view, from women's point of view. It's always for them either being objectified mm-hmm. or as characters in from a male writer's point of view or a male gaze. And so that's what's so beautiful about this. But like you say, so far where I've got to in the book, I just like the interaction. And the widows or the aunties. They are very, like, they do talk about sex, but it's all very kind of, like, laughter and jokey and kind of, you know, Mm. in a a different way. I wouldn't say it's very deep or open. It's kind of quite jokey. Of all the books we've read, it really has personally resonated with being British, Asian Mm. and being born here and growing up here. I think it's someone that's done the best justice to that experience and the complexities of it. I think the connecting the dots about being British and Asian and how they fit together is just so interesting in, in this book. So the next book we're going to talk about was your suggestion for the one to watch, the one that might be the next kind of, you know, 
future classic that you'll talk about in your next book club and that was Stories for South Asian Supergirls by Raj Kaur Kaira. So what are you excited about this book? Because I think it launches in May and available on Amazon and on maybe on pre-order. Yeah, yes. <laughs> As I think we mentioned you didn't really have those stories growing up yeah. and from what it looks like it's got loads of amazing South Asian women um, and little profiles and stories about them um, and I think there's been similar books recently like I think it's like bedtime stories for rebel girls yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen a mm-hmm. few of those yeah. coming out in recent years where a kind of anthologies of like amazing women mm-hmm. and they've always had a great response and this one's specifically south asian women and i think having something like that which probably is accessible to all ages would be amazing to have that you know if I had a daughter I'd love to have that on her bedside you know table being like okay we're going to talk about an amazing role model who's a South Asian woman today which is something that you know people don't if you ask someone who their female role model is it's unlikely to be a South Asian woman like I just I think sometimes you might get black women in there but I don't often think it would be a woman of color let alone a South Asian woman Mm -hmm. so if I could have had those role models much earlier on in my life and known about their histories and known about what they've achieved I I think I wouldn't have had as much of a maybe identity struggle that I Mm. did have in in my late teens I'm really looking forward to buying this book for my nieces and nephews and I just think it is about seeing people who look like you um, doing things that you want to do or hearing stories like you where you're like, wow, I could do that too. Yeah. And definitely when I was growing up, there was just no, I mean, I work in the media and I really wanted to do that from a young age, but there was not really anybody mm-hmm. doing that. It's a very small amount of people. So I think that's why these books are so important to say, well, look, there are other kids who look, they were children like me and they went on to do these fabulous things. Mm-hmm. So we found each other on Twitter and I think we all have a mutual love for Mira Sayal (laughs) so I don't feel we can talk about book club without talking about at least two of her books so the first one I want to talk about was Anita and Me and obviously it's such an amazing text that it's studied in schools today and I think I read it when it first came out and I was maybe 15 (laughs) because I feel like again it was another one that helped me to connect the dots about suddenly reading about her name's Mina in the book and I want to say Mira but her name's Mina in the book and suddenly reading about a girl who had that British side of like going to school and watching pop bands and singing like pop songs which are inappropriate lyrics and then coming home and having everybody at home and kind of telling don't sing those words they're really rude Mm. and just kind of again finding out I'm British and I'm Indian and this is what it means because it can feel really scary when you're suddenly realizing oh my god I am Indian we watched the film but not read it because I grew up like that was on tv yeah and stuff like that and like east is east and stuff so I think even to see like brown people on tv in England you're like Mm -hmm. oh we know we're here because we live here but like someone actually thought you know to to show us on screen and yeah. like and they're speaking like words and languages that I know and yeah. they're eating food that I recognize I think obviously yeah. you know Anita and me started from a book but it, it's that it's that isn't it like that book or that your script family. or that you know it, that idea of like representation is so powerful because yeah I grew up mm. watching that film and be like oh there's a little brown girl which is me Whereas I would only see that in Bollywood otherwise, wouldn't I? Yeah. You, know, you wouldn't see that her speaking English with a... Brummy accent. With a, well, yeah, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Reading that book, I'd read so much Judy Bloom. Then I actually read a lot of Danielle Steele, which is worrying. But then I discovered Anita and Me, and I reread it, reread it so many times, just because 
I just suddenly was like, you know, even the speaking a sentence, but using two different like Punjabi and English in one sentence, which is exactly what happens at home anyway. And just reading that on a page, it just felt very comforting. So I have a special place in my heart for that book. But then Life Isn't All Ha Ha He He, which again by Mira Sayal, is the subject of your next book club. What is it about that book that is so kind of empowering and just so is something that you wanted to have a discussion about? I think something that's been quite interesting with a few of the books that we've chosen is they were written a while ago. So uh, we read Brick Lane, we read um, Arndt mm-hmm. Roy's book as well. And some of them were written 20 years ago. And I think what is really interesting is how the nothing has really changed. And yeah, I know that sounds so really, it's so true. you know, it can sound quite uh, disheartening, but the experiences that Mirasayal's generation had, mm-hmm. who probably moved to the UK when they were quite young, is not really that different to what we have. And we were born in the UK. And I think we partly want to do it um, for that reason to see what conversation can we have about 20 years on from when this book mm. was written? Yeah. How relatable do you feel like it is? And we tend to find every time we've done that, it's, really relatable still like that cultural kind of clash and that identity issues that we've like, that we've touched on before those are still so prevalent and some of the things and how people behave towards you are still the same and I think it's you know a bit sad to say that the fact that we yeah. you know nothing has moved on in terms of integration or, or multiculturalism or whatever you want to call it that people throughout our generation you know my mom tells me stories and I'm always like she's lived here for over 40 years and and sometimes the thing she says is really no different to how I feel so I think that's partly why I wanted to do it. There's so many reasons why I mean I've got my book here it's the actual real book if I ever meet Mira Sayal I'm gonna get to sign it even though it's so tatty and has been read so much (laughs) but I think it's really interesting to say that the the discussion hasn't moved on because also it hasn't really moved on from parents and the pressures that Asian women feel as well which is discussed a lot in this book and I think that's a a shame actually because when I meet people from India and they tell me you know oh you guys in the the UK are so backwards I mean there's an interesting discussion to be had about that and then again about this book like hanging out in Soho going for drinks at different clubs and then literally the next day in a sari going to a hoven uh, yeah. that was pretty much you know been there, uh, been there and uh, <laughs> from the club to the hub um, <laughs> but you know that is pretty much what identified to that as well and then also just you know the discussions about in-laws and marriage and again just exactly like erotic stories the discussion of sex and and hearing South Asian women enjoying sex talking about sex that's for me that the time I read it it was really refreshing to Mm. read that and know that those discussions were happening and and I mean again this is why this book is so treasured because it was such a moment for me can you tell us when the next book club is it's where you're discussing life isn't all ha ha he he well we're actually doing something slightly different with this one which is quite exciting so oh. um we've been piloting a writing group with Tara Arts which is a South Asian theatre in mm-hmm. South London um so some of our book club regulars have been yeah attending those writing sessions and they're putting together like a creative piece or a creative response to this book um and so we're running the next book club as like a bit more of an extended like creative 
um, event um, at the theatre in May, on the 17th of May in the evening. Oh. Um, so it will be like a discussion of the themes. It's it's the 20-year anniversary of this book this year. So it was oh God, published book, in 1999. This book is 20 years old, um, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. Almost as old as me. Um, no. yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's 20 years since that book was published. So we're kind of want to, you know, touch upon the themes that we do like in every book club session. Think about, yeah, are those themes still relevant? Yeah. Have a bit of a bigger conversation with, with the audience, hopefully. Um, and then get interactive, immersive. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then kind of also showcase these women who've been like, you know, trialing their like writing skills and being a bit more creative um, with the kind of work and using that as an inspiration and like showcasing them as well. So it's quite exciting for us to be doing something a little bit different. It is super different. Um, selling exciting. tickets now, guys. So please come yeah, if you can. Yeah, tickets are five pounds <laughs> and on the Torah Arts website. So please, please do come along and support Get these em. amazing women sounds amazing and so where can people find you uh, could you just say your instagram and twitter yeah so our handle instagram and twitter is at we are underscore sass that's s-a-s-s and we're also on facebook uh south asian sisters speak and we have a brown girls book club uh group as on there as well so you can just search that in the group and, and obviously follow us on at girl chat please listeners tag us and tell us what books that you're excited about what authors you love do you have anything that you'd like to add to the discussion about the books that we discussed today let's carry on hashtag brown girl book club that's about it for today so thank you both for coming in uh we can stay and polish off the jalebi <laughs> yes. why not um thank you to amanda and thanks everybody for listening see you later bye <laughs>